Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to This is Aging Ungracefully. My name is Afra, and it has been a busy ass January. I mean, like wild for me. It's been something every day or every other day for the entire month. And now that I hit February, like this first weekend of February, I just like became a tiny like hobbit. <laughs> I became a hobbit in my own home. I curled up. I I secluded myself. I only went out yesterday to get groceries and eucalyptus. I watched movies all day. I slept. I did some stretching, did some yoga, did some full moon meditation, like you name it. It was like self-care to the nines. And honestly, the way that I'm feeling today, my body, mind, and spirit so needed that break. They so needed that break. I feel like my nervous system has just been pumping for the last month and I'm not I'm not who I was in my 20s. When I get stressed out in my 30s, it is so different than when I got stressed out in my 20s. In my 20s, if I got stressed out, it was just like just dump another coffee on it and keep going, bitch. Like it was just it was just continuously like th that disassociation that if I just caffeinated myself enough, the energy would return. And if I just sugarcoated myself enough, I could just get through the day. And now in my 30s, it's like, no, if you do caffeine and sugar, good luck with your stomach later. Like if you do caffeine, how dare you? Like I just I need that like pause and that break from just peopling and being around people. And I think that was something that changed in the panini. But I also feel like in my 30s, something that has changed within me is just the recognition of the need for like deep, seclusive rest. Like yesterday, I kept my phone on do not disturb all day long. I've It's been on do not disturb today again. And the reason for this isn't because I want to like ignore the world or anything. It is literally because I just... I need to not be constantly inundated by shit. <laughs> and I am somebody who will inundate myself with shit without even recognizing I'm doing it. Like I'll dissociate from a situation by using other things. And I think it's a lot of people. I think a lot of us don't recognize that being on our phone for 12 hours straight isn't healthy, nor is it nurturing for our nervous systems or our brains or our eyes. It truly has become such a focal point for so many people to utilize their phones without even acknowledging that it is like a, an escape from reality, from the present, from our lives, from, you know, sometimes our children. It's just that thing that we can like disappear into and we can have access to other people's lives and photos and articles that we like and podcasts that we like and music that we like. And that sometimes we don't recognize like how important it is to take a step back, turn the phone off and just be. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I still checked Instagram yesterday, still posted shit, but like I wasn't being inundated by anything. Everything came at my pace and at my choice and like significantly less screen time than normal. And my brain, body, mind needed that. I'm working really hard on like not being on things like TikTok, like not be because I've really noticed how much it fucks with my mental health, like how much 
being constantly on TikTok really fucks with my head. And it's so funny because I didn't recognize it for months, like over the last year. And then in the last like three weeks, I've just been going through this huge shift in my personal life, this massive shift of awareness in myself, in my relationships, in my emotions, in my connections, and just really, truly seeding into only having relationships that pour back into me as much as I pour into them. And that is not something that I had in my 20s. In my 20s, it was just like, what's that? Your cup runneth over? Let me add a few drops. Like, please validate my sense of self and my self-worth. I know nothing but people pleasing. And that was like my entirety of my 20s and my early 30s was just this constant need to appease and, and make everybody else happy. And you bitch snapped in like 2022. Something just changed. I recognized that I had lost these bits and pieces of myself because I constantly chased after things until something came up that validated me. And that can sound very narcissistic, but the reality I think of it is, is that for so many of us, we seek that constant validation, even unconsciously. And I didn't recognize how much validation I sought from my friendships, relationships, and like internet approval, like like, likes on Instagram or likes on Facebook or likes on TikTok or, you know, how much of my validation and my self-worth was coming from external forces. There is so much to be said about where we are at, at this point in time in humanity in our lives that we don't really recognize how difficult it can be to self-validate and self-acknowledge and self-accept. And I still struggle with this. Like, so recently I have been going through this like upheaval in an idea of somebody versus the reality of somebody. And so let's paint a, a beautiful picture here. I was very much in love with somebody at one point in my life. And this person, they have continued to be somebody in my head that I am very in love with. And that even as time has passed and things have changed and I've been in and out of relationships and I've like started and stopped and started new careers and changed things over, even in in those steps in that process, I still like truly haven't let that person go. And the weird thing is, and the thing for me is I am not a stuck bitch. Like I am not a bitch who will be like, I am stuck here. Let me lay down in this mud and say, fuck it. Like I am very much a, I see what's happening. I don't care for it. I want to move forward. What can I do to, to change this circumstance or situation? I am not someone who likes to feel confined or contained or trapped. I very much like to move forward in the way that feels best. And sometimes the way that feels best uh, has not always been the way that's actually best, but I've learned that as I've grown up, like the understanding of what is good and what is not and how I, what I need and versus what I want and all of those layers of things. But either way, like, when it comes to this specific relationship and this specific person, I have felt so incredibly stuck. And I have been to therapy on it. I've done seven years of therapy. Each year, 
you know, we go back into this, we do more EMDR processing. Things can only be processed as much as you are willing and able to look at that trauma or look at that instance in your life. And so I never pushed to work on that trauma really hard. It would come up and I would, you know, sit down and and go through the relationship with my therapist and my psychologist and, and whatever and be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's coming up for me. This is how it's going on. And they would very much be like, you know, this is tied to a deep, deeper seated issue. And I think it's tied to a few of them. And we would just kind of like go through this all the time. And it's been seven years of doing that. But like the reality is I didn't focus on this one specific thing. I focused on all of the layers of things underneath and at the roots of what this, this love, this affection, this unhealthy attachment really was. And I kind of put it down for a few years because I got into a relationship and in that relationship, I noticed so much like anxiety coming up around like abandonment and fear and being let down and being disappointed and like being a disappointment myself and letting someone else down and, and hurting someone else. And I decided in that relationship, and this is my last relationship, <laughs> um, that I couldn't do that anymore, that I didn't want to do that anymore, that I needed to get past that in order to grow and to love and to be more present in my relationship. So I started to process a lot of the the layers of the relationship I had with this previous person. And I recognized that there was only so much that I could process in this, in this connection. Cause it'd been a while. And, you know, I, I needed to like really get to the depths of what that looked like. And then the relationship I was in, you know, he was, and it's very funny because like if he cheated, so like, it's a very contraindication, contraindicatory, well, words, uh, contradictory, there we go, thing to say, oh, well, he was very loving and very supportive and very, um, you know, empowering and very, you know, validating and then be like, oh, but he also lied to me and cheated on me. (laughs) But I think that that's the thing that I've recognized more so recently is that you can't have good without the bad in any relationship and fucking up is fucking up. And for some people, cheating is like the worst thing that can ever happen. And for some, for others, it's like, well, that sucks. Lost your chance. Peace out. See you later. Um, And for me at the time that it was happening, it was gut-wrenching. It was really tough. It was really hard to navigate and not wanting anybody else's input and really truly like wanting to see the relationship for what it was. I did see the relationship for what it was. I saw it as like a really deep, loving connection and friendship, but not a romantic love, not a I want to spend my life with you love. Not Well, it was a – I think it was from a safety perspective, I want to spend my life with you, not necessarily like (laughs) – a reality perspective. Um, and now I've been out of that relationship for a year. And it's just like this acknowledgement of every person comes into your life for a reason and and every relationship serves its purpose. And this person and I are still friends. Uh, Connor, say sup, bro. Um, we're still friends. And, and a lot of that also came from the recognition on my own end of like how much was I really in the relationship if I was still not processing the relationships from my past, specifically this relationship that that had left me with so much pain. And so 
recently in those last, God, four or five months, I've been really looking at that relationship. I have been writing about it. I have been talking about it. I have been, you know, crying about it. I've been counseling on it. I have been like, you name it, I've been doing it. And it's because of the fact that I recognized getting out of my last relationship that I was not over a relationship that I had several years ago. And recognizing that a lot of the the pain of connecting with my my more recent partner with Connor came from this relationship that I had years ago where I was like, I can't let myself be as emotionally interested and connected to this person I'm with because the last time I got emotionally invested and interested in the person I was with, I was very badly hurt. And now the funny thing is, is that as I went through therapy in my last relationship, I did open up a lot more to Connor and I did feel a lot more safe, like being vulnerable with Connor. It took a long time during our relationship to get to that point. But once we got there, it was like, it was healthy, but well, for me, (laughs) for me, sorry, but you know, I think I recognize getting out of that relationship where I'm like, I've never dealt with, I've never dealt with this past relationship. I've talked about it in therapy. I've done some processing around it, but I've never truly actually like seated it and figured out what the fuck, you know, what the fuck was I feeling? What was happening for me? Um, where I was. And then recently ish, I have been seeing this person out in the fucking wild like crazy. And I'm not joking. Like Edmonton is not a a small town. It's not a big ass city. It's not like the size of Calgary, but it, it is not a small town. And I can go months and months and months and months without seeing any of my friends, even if I'm out like daily and in their areas and like shopping in the same grocery. Like I can go months without seeing these people. But then this person specifically just pops up into my life like all over the place. And I am a very spiritual person, if you could not tell from the last episode. And so to me, that was a why the fuck is this happening? You know, and if you're a spiritual person, hi, welcome to the safe space. And if you're not a spiritual person, I would love to hear your scientific explanation as to what in the fuckery is happening. But the reality of what was happening was this person literally just kept popping up. Like I would see them out at the grocery store and I would like be like, what the fuck? And like driving in traffic and like walking around. And I, when I would see them, I would purposely not say hi to them or talk to them or like I would just avoid like avoid 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 because it became so incessant that I'm like one this person's gonna think I'm fucking stalking them and then two like I don't even know what I want to say to this person there's nothing in me that has any idea as to what to talk about this person with or to talk to this person about like I just don't I don't know. And so I backed off and I like let it go and I kind of just like pushed it down and was like, I'm not going to look at this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have these conversations. And then eventually life slaps you like the little bitch you were being and is like, look at me. You are having all of these coincidences and all of these moments to lead to something. And you're sitting here like, do to do, like, I don't fucking know what's going on. Like you pay attention, bitch. Like you are the driver of your own life. Shoulder check before you merge into insanity. Like just take a fucking minute. And so I took a minute. (laughs) So your girl took a minute. And I started to realize that I had built this person up in my head so much that I realistically had no idea who they were anymore. And when I would see them, it would trigger this old 
a horrible feeling of abandonment and fear and anxiety and heartbreak and let down and disappointed. And I would just be like, that's love. Like I was like a Disney fucking princess. Like I had Stockholm syndrome in these emotions and was like, please validate my essence. Like I didn't realize how much seeing this person affected me. And that's the fun thing about trauma. So even if you're not a mystical, magical, spiritual human, like even if you're a science person, you know that trauma is a real thing. And the more we go on and the more we study it, the more we realize that there's things that it does to the body, there's things it does to the brain, there's things it does to like every organ in your body is affected by by different emotional stimulation. And so in this instance, you know, I was seeing him around, I was running into them, I was, you know, having these like, what the fuck moments. And I was like reacting every single time. And that one time my therapist said to me, the, well, my ex-boyfriend said it to me and then I brought it up with my therapist and then my therapist reaffirmed it. But the only difference between like biologically speaking, chemically speaking in your brain that happens when you are triggered between anxiety and excitement is the word that we give it. And I used to think seeing this person was generating excitement. And after seeing them more recently, I realized it was triggering anxiety. And what is anxiety? Anxiety arises when we lose the sense of safety and control, when our environment becomes unsafe, whether that be the stimuli in our environment, whether that be where we are physically in our environment. That happens when we have a moment that is triggered by that loss of control, that loss of safety. So when I saw this bitch recently, I looked at them and I thought, wow, I'm still very much in love with this person. And this really sucks because I really don't want to be in love with somebody that I have not been with in this long. I don't want to be in love with somebody I don't know. I don't want to be in love with somebody that, you know, makes me feel this way. And so I texted my bestie and I told her how I was feeling. And she said this most prominent thing to me that I just need to share with you guys, which was, what's so wrong with loving them? Why can't you love them? Bitch, I was shook. What do you mean, why can't I love them? Because everything in life and society and time and effort and media tells me that we ended so long ago that I need to be completely over them and sane and stable and happy and they need to move on with their lives. And, and they, you know, this is how we need to be. And then when they said that to me, I was like, what the fuck? You mean I can love somebody who doesn't love me? And I can care about somebody who doesn't care about me and I can be okay with that because not all love needs to be reciprocated and held in order to be valid. It can just be valid out in the fucking ethos by itself. You can just love and that's okay. And if it's reciprocated or not is really truly up to the connection. And if it's not reciprocated, you don't have to pour into it. It's just there. It exists. It's an acknowledgement. It's it's a understanding. It's a comfort. And that's okay. But also, but also on top of this, understanding 
that if somebody brings up all of these feelings of anxiety and discomfort and fear and worry and all of these things that maybe it wasn't the relationship and maybe it's not even love, but maybe what it is, is that that, that relationship, that instance in your life, that pain seated so deeply into you that in order for you to truly, truly understand your own joy and your own happiness is to acknowledge and accept the fact that life happened as it was supposed to for the greatest good of your life that it was supposed to happen. And you can still love somebody who hurt you because that is very common or who you hurt because that is very common, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to act on anything. That doesn't need to mean you need to like have a friendship with them or be friend with them. Love is not, love doesn't need to be conditional. And I think that that's something that I'm really truly learning is like at this stage in my life is that love is not conditional. Love is unconditional. What is What is conditional is lust. What is conditional is romance. What is conditional is connection. What is, like there's so many layers of what's conditional, but what's not conditional is love. Love is unconditional. That is the point of love. That is what it's supposed to be. So acknowledging that I don't fucking know this person anymore, that I don't need to be with this person to love them, but most of all that in all of this self-work and in this digging and in this understanding, understanding that that relationship triggered abandonment trauma. It triggered childhood wounds. It triggered emotional like instability. And I had so much shame and guilt and anger and sadness around who I became because of that pain that I was unwilling to let go of what I thought love was. And now now I'm not a fucking magician. This has only been in the last like week or two that I have like really truly started to seed into this is that recognizing that that fear that I feel, that anxiety that I feel, that I thought was excitement, that is trying to teach me what is not good for me. That is trying to teach me what I need to do for myself. And fear is only born out of the understanding that you were not safe or don't feel safe. And we base our safety on stimuli. We base our our safety on the past. We base our safety on the physical surroundings. So when I started to acknowledge that I didn't feel safe, that I started to recognize that that fear was what held me in place, when I started to recognize that those layers of emotions that had like held me into this relationship with somebody were so much of like childhood wounds and childhood abandonment trauma, I started to really truly recognize that like I do still very much love all of the things this person did for me at the time that they were in my life, my life. But at this point in my life, what is healing for me is recognizing that I need to love myself by giving myself the things that make me feel good and safe and rested and loved and cared for and also that pour in 
to me. Like I was saying at the beginning, it's about what's also pouring into me, what's mutually beneficial for both parties. And I think that's what I'm recognizing about love in my 30s is that the love I accepted and wanted in my late teens, early 20s was conditional. It wasn't always love. Sometimes it was lust. Sometimes it was passion. Sometimes it was control. A lot of the times it was control. But the reality of it is to me in my 30s is that the love that I want now is that, you know, unconditional love. It's the love that I have with my friends where I can call them at like midnight on a Tuesday crying and be like, bitch, help. You know, it's that love that I have for my family where I can say, hey, I'm really struggling. Just, you know, I need some support. You know, I think about my my little, I call her my little sister to my friends. She's my cousin. Her name's Danica. I think about her a lot when I think about when I struggle with health stuff. Danica's been through some stuff and Danica will like message me and she'll like keep me company via text message and play games with me on my phone from afar. And it's like, that is the most unconditional loving thing that somebody can do for you. Recognizing that you are not in the space to really talk about what's going on, but that you need the company because you're feeling scared, alone, unhappy, unwell. And just being there by showing up. And I've written some things recently um, on Instagram, on posts and stuff that I do where I'm talking about like feelings and processing and recognition of community and recognition of, of healing. And so much of the healing I've done in this last year of my life, especially in the last like four or five months, has been because I have had the support within a community of of strong, loving, psychology-educated women, spiritually-educated women in my life who are like, yeah, it's okay to still love somebody you haven't been with in a really long time. It's okay to acknowledge that you don't really know that person. It's also very okay to just let that be what it is and love yourself and, you know, give yourself that love and that time. And I hope for all of you that you have a community. And if you don't, welcome. This is your community. Reach out. Go to the Instagram. Make comments. Start a group. Have that sense of community so that you know how much you are valued and loved and your presence matters. Don't ever let anybody ever tell you that your presence does not matter, that you are not important, that you are not loved. You so are. And I think that's something that is like really coming up recently is that I really used to rely on the validation, and I mentioned this earlier, but the validation of other people to make me feel wanted and included in this life. And I'm now just now, and I'm 33, I'm just now hitting this. I think I'm 33. I'm just now hitting this wall where I'm like, I don't need other people's validation. If I want to dance to Shaggy in the fucking grocery store, I'm going to dance to Shaggy in the grocery store. If I want to run around with my friends, like I'm a five-year-old at 33, I'm going to run around like I'm a fucking five-year-old. If I want to get dirty and make a mess, I'm going to get dirty and I'm going to make a fucking mess. And there's nobody in this life that gets to tell me, yes, that was great. No, you can't do that. Unless it's illegal, they can fuck off. Well, and even if it's illegal, certain strokes for different folks, man. But like, for me, it's like, I'm now just coming to that recognition of like, why did I put my life in this box to make everybody else happy and comfortable and people please when I could have been dancing and singing and being goofy and laughing out loud and making jokes this whole time. 
Why did I put the part of myself into a box that was so afraid of being loved that she made herself lovable for others? And now she's coming out of her box and she's like loud and she's crazy and she's back to being fun and actually enjoying herself and enjoying her life and creating and finding more community and finding more happiness and joy in the day-to-day and less focus on what's happened, who I was, where I've been. And for the last seven years of my life, I've focused so much on healing because I was so broken coming into like needing to heal. And I don't mean broken as in like a bad way. I mean broken as in like I was a shell. I wasn't happy. I was functioning from a place of hurt. I was functioning from a place of lack. And I just needed to break free of that in order to find my joy. And now I found it. And I found it in just enjoying and trying new things. And so I urge you, part of aging ungracefully needs to be Yes, that self-work, that deep work, that rooting through trauma and the roots of our hurt and the roots of our pain, but it also needs to be dancing in the fucking flowers. It needs to be making bouquets out of what we've learned. It needs to be celebration. It needs to be dancing. It needs to be laughing. It needs to be community. It needs to be more than just doing the self-work. It's very easy to get very lost in doing just the therapy and just the counseling and just the spiritual work. Dig into joy, into play, into laughter, into trying new things, and you will be fucking amazed by how much life shows up for you. You'll be amazed by how things just click into place without even trying. And you will just sit there at one point and go, wow, I worked so hard to reach this point, this edge of happiness, this portion of joy. And before you know it, you're going to be living in a reality that you created for yourself rather than a reality that trauma and pain and heartbreak and unwellness and illness and devastation made for you. Because in this world, in this current world, it's really fucking easy to slip into the ether of pain. It is really fucking easy to let the downside of the news and the world and the way things work get you down. It is really easy to look around and be afraid all the time. So create your reality, your personal reality, your quiet time reality, your independent on your own reality to be somewhere safe and loving and nurturing and full of bubble baths and iced coffee. Well, maybe not iced coffee. It's not great for you. Maybe iced tea. And like, you know, create a a reality for yourself that you can enjoy. There's this quote that's like, was it work for the life you want? not for the life you have. I don't know. It's some some bullshit like that. But I always used to think that like I had to work my job and it had to be amazing and I had to be a rock star and, and all of these things in my job to be happy. And now I've like separated myself from my job and I still enjoy my job, but I enjoy my job more now than I used to because I can take a step away from my job and be like, these are all of the things in my external world outside of my nine to five, outside of my sleep that make me 
fucking happy. They make me exuberantly happy. And recently I've been dealing with a lot of stress with my vehicle and my living situation. My lease just came up and I wasn't sure if I was going to renew. Like there's just a lot going on. And my vehicle's dead. She did. So like, you know, there's just been a lot of stress too. But I have noticed that my ability to handle stress has completely changed because I'm just surrendering more to, well, that fucking sucks. I can either dig my way out of it and figure it out now, or I can leave it and let the universe kind of guide it where it needs to go and then dig it out when it's ready. And in that meantime, I can just continue focusing on the things that are going to bring me happiness and joy. And I know these things are a lot harder said than done. I know some of us suffer with chronic depression or chronic anxiety or illnesses. And I don't want to say like toxic positivity is it. It is not it it at all. This isn't a toxic positivity podcast. This isn't like a wake up and be happy and joy, joy, and like just focus on your happiness and fuck it all. This is a acknowledge the reality in which you want to live in for yourself with the reality of where you're at and what you are going through. And when I was very unwell over the summer and I still deal with the fallout of that, I still lose feeling in my face and my arm all the time. You know, I still have nerve damage. I still have some neurological issues because of it. So like there's just moments where I have to acknowledge that this is my new reality and I can still find joy in the things that I can do. The things that I can do is paint. The things that I can do is not stare at a screen all day. The things that I can do are going to be these things that support me, my wellness, my immune system, my happiness, my health, my neurological health and, and wellness as well. So I put this out to you guys to just say, love yourself. The life will start to show, life will start to show up the way that it's meant to when you start to focus on the things that you want rather than on the things that hurt you or left you in the dust. And that's not saying avoid the work that needs to be done. There is work that needs to be done. It just means that don't make it your whole fucking existence. Don't make your whole existence. It's really easy to live in pain when all you're trying to do is heal. Very easy. And so just give yourself a break to love yourself regardless. And with that, I'm actually not going to wrap up on just that note. Thank you guys for listening today. I want to wrap up on the note that it is currently one, two, three, four on the clock, but also (laughs) on the note that I actually have a spoken word show coming up. So if you are in Edmonton or Edmonton and area, I have a show coming up uh, or a show that I'm partaking in on the 12th of February at 8 p.m. I am on stage, I believe, at 8.10 p.m. It is at the, um, oh my gosh, why am I, the Grindstone Theater, uh, just off of White Avenue. And it is $5 by donation. So if you would like to come, please check it out. I'm very excited to be doing um, Spoken Word. It's been a fucking minute. Um, so I'm, I'm really stoked. I'm really nervous, but I'm so excited and I'm so excited to get to see so many faces of friends and, and people that I haven't seen in a while. So if you are around, if you live in the Edmonton area, please feel free to come out. If you are not in the Edmonton area, uh, I might get somebody to film it. I've been asked a few times for somebody to film it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but either way, guys, thank you. Part of living aging ungracefully is living authentically and living out loud. And thank you for giving me the opportunity every week to come to you and talk to you about all those things and what I'm doing and, and the experiences I've had and the parts of aging ungracefully that I think are important to acknowledge and talk about and just acknowledging the mess, acknowledging the mess with me. I am way over time. Again, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. I'll chat with you guys next week.